Hey, this is Tolly Wilkins of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. When we're in a season of new, we kicked this series off around the beginning of last year, and I want to get back into it because around this time of year, we begin a season of new. A season of uh, uh, new goals, a season of New Year's resolutions. God has given us new dreams, new visions. But whether you want to believe it or not, there will always be something or someone to try to stop you from moving forward. Yep, that's the type of service it's going to be today. That's exactly how it's going to be. We're going all the way in all the, all, already. There will always be something to try to stop you from moving forward. Always. Don't think just because it's a brand new year that all the haters... They'll just disappear. Don't think just because it's a brand new year that that all the problems will just go away. It doesn't matter if it's a New Year's resolution. If you set goals, there will always be something to try to stop you from moving forward. Real quick, how many of us have set goals that we have not accomplished yet? I can be honest. Me, uh, the beginning of last year, I said, man, I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to start pumping an iron. I, I even got a gym membership. But I got to admit, out of the whole year, I probably went to the gym maybe two or three times. But I realized something. I never had a problem with going past the gym. I just never went in it. <laughs> but, but I said to myself, man, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a pump that iron. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to be one of those guys that got, got, got muscles in their eyelids. But then I stepped on the scale a couple days ago. And I jumped right back off, and I told my wife, Chelsea, I said, this thing is broken. <laughs> them, them numbers ain't right right there. There will always be something to try to stop you. Sometimes that something may be you. Sometimes it may be something external. The people of Israel, they were in bondage for 400 years, over 400 years. But they were also wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. There will always be something to try to stop you. It may be something you did, or it may be something external. And don't get it twisted. This goes for the promise of God also. See, if God is giving you a promise, if he's giving you a, a dream, a vision, there will always be something to try to stop you. So that's the reason why I want to dive back into this, because when you are centered, it doesn't matter the problem. It doesn't matter the situation. You're not focused on that. Your central focus is God. It doesn't matter what happens, what may happen, what situations will arise. It doesn't even matter how long it takes to reach the promise. Because when you are centered, you know that if God said it, he'll deliver. If he said it, it'll happen. Just check his track record. Our God cannot fail. Our God will not lose. Our God cannot lie. If he said it, he will deliver. He will deliver. But the question is, what are you locked into? What's your focus? Are you focused on the problem or are you focused on God? What are you locked into? What's your focus? Because a lot of times when we take our, our focus off of God, not a lot of times, but all the time, when we take our focus off of God, that's when we get stuck. When we take our focus off of him, that's when we, 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 we can't move and we get discouraged. That's when we say, this isn't working or that isn't working. And we say, uh, I can't do this or I can't do that. This is too hard over here or too hard over there. It's impossible for me to do this. But correct me if I'm wrong. My Bible tells me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My Bible tells me with, with, with God, all things are possible. 
In other words, with God, it's possible to fix my marriage. It's possible to raise godly children. It's possible for me to possess everything God has for me, everything God promised me, as long as I am centered. It's possible for me to do it. But the question is, what are you locked into? What's your focus? See, on this journey called uh, purpose and, and promise and dream and vision, there will always be something. But when you are centered, when Christ is your central focus, you say to yourself, yes, this is happening. Yes, this has showed up. But I already know how this story ends because I got a promise from God. And I'm not going to be swayed back and forth with problems and issues. I'm going to stay centered. He is my central focus. And what centered means, centered means a person or thing that is the chief object of one's attention to give central focus, to be placed or situated in the center. A person or thing that is the chief object of one's attention, to give central focus, to be placed or situated in the center. And I wonder what you've been focusing on. I wonder what has your attention. My title today is Fixed Focus. Fixed Focus. And we're going to a very familiar passage, very familiar, I'm sure you heard of it, the walls of Jericho. I'm sure you heard of this story by now, but let's paint this picture. The people of Israel, at one point, they were being led by Moses. And the Bible speaks about it, talks about how great of a leader Moses was. I mean, God did some great things through Moses. God used Moses to take the people out of Egypt, out of bondage, to lead them out of Egypt. And when they got down to the Red Sea, God used Moses to split open the Red Sea so they can walk through on dry ground. God did some great things through Moses. Moses was a dynamic leader. He was a great leader. But although Moses was a great leader, although God did some great things through Moses, he tried to lead the people of Israel to the promised land for 40 years. 40 years they wandered in the wilderness, day after day after day. Year after year after year, for 40 years. Now, I don't know about you, church, but me, if I'm walking in circles in the desert for 40 years, I done went to Moses like, look here, bro. Like, I know you're a great leader and all. I thank you for leading us out of Egypt. Thank you for that. I know you're a great leader, but we're in the desert, bro, and we've been walking in circles for 40 years. Do you think it's time to admit, even though you're a great leader, do you think it's time to admit that we're just lost? Maybe we should have grabbed a GPS when we left Egypt or something. For 40 years. But now Moses is off the scene, and God raised up Joshua. Moses is now dead and gone, and, and God is now using Joshua. Joshua is leading the people, and Joshua was a fighter. Joshua was a warrior. Urban translation, Joshua was bout it. He was bout it, and the people of Israel, they were getting it in. Out of 31 battles up until now, they won every single battle but one. And that one they lost, they went back and said, you know what? We can't let this loss ride. And they went back and defeated that nation. They were getting it in. Joshua was bout it to the point he was about to fight God. <laughs> the Bible tells us that when they came near Jericho, Joshua sees a man far off with a sword drawn. And Joshua runs up to him like, who are you here for? Are you friend or foe? He was about to fight God because he says, no, 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 no. I am the commander of the army of the Lord. And then Joshua kneels 
and begins to worship. But at first, he's like, who are you here for? I wear you out too. Joshua was bouted. The people of Israel were getting it in. And people heard about them. Their reputation began to spread. They heard about Israel. They heard about Joshua. Jericho heard about Joshua. They heard about Israel. So they tried to secure themselves safely behind this huge wall. They tried to secure themselves safely behind this, this massive-sized wall, or so they thought. They thought they were safe. But this was a promise given by God. Our text today is Joshua chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Joshua chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hands with this king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a loud blast with the ram's horns, when you hear the, the sound of the trumpets, then all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said, Take up the ark of the covenant. Let priests, let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. He said to the people, go forward, march around the city, and let the armed men pass on before the ark of the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you, God, and I just ask that you just, uh, just open our eyes and uh, open our hearts, oh God, so we can really receive your word this morning. God, decrease me. Uh, allow my mouth to be your mouth, my words to be your words, my spirit to be your spirit. Decrease me so the people of God may see you. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Okay, so the people of Jericho, they heard about Israel, right? They heard about Joshua. The text says that they were shut up. None went out, none came in because of Israel. They heard about them. But what I really want you to pay attention to is verse 2. It said, the Lord said to Joshua, pause. Let's park right there. Let's pay the meter for a second. The Lord said. See, the reason why a lot of us tend to get stuck the reason why we never really accomplish anything is because we go to everybody else before we consult God. Before Joshua did anything, before he moved forward with anything, he got a word from the Lord. He consulted God. And I wonder what would happen if you would call, consult God first before you called up Joe. I wonder what would happen if you would consult him first before you called up Susie. I wonder what would happen if you would consult God first before you called this person or, or called that person or, or said, what should I do with this? Or how can I handle this? I can't handle this. When the first question we should be asking is, what did God say I should do about it? I wonder what would happen. The first question he, he, he should have been asking or we should be asking is, what did God say I should do about it? Before Joshua moved, he got a word from the Lord. The Lord said, and listen to what the Lord said. He said, see. See, I have given you Jericho into your hands, the king and, and all its fighters. See, I have given you. Okay, God, so hold up, wait a second. 
Are you serious? Are, are you being serious? God, God, I, I, I don't mean to be a pain, right? But in case you ain't noticed, they still on the other side of that wall. God, God, I hear what you're saying, but, 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 but I don't mean to be a pain. We're still on the opposite side of the wall. His men on top, we're sitting ducks. God, I hear what you're saying, I'm giving you, but what you're saying, I, I really can't see. What you're telling me to see, I can't see. Here's my first point. When it comes to having fixed focus, I have to picture the promise. I have to picture the promise. See, if I'm willing to see in my life what God has promised me, I have to first picture the promise. Now, I don't know if everybody knows who this is. Next slide. I don't know if everybody knows who she is or ever heard of her before, but her name is Helen Keller. And she was the first deaf and blind person to graduate from college. And notice what she says. The only thing worse than, having, than being blind is having sight with no vision. The only thing worse than being blind is having sight with no vision. In other words, just because I can see doesn't mean I can see. Just because I can see doesn't mean I have vision. See, God isn't telling Joshua to, to look through these eyes. He isn't telling Joshua to look at the wall. He isn't telling him to look at the men on top of the wall. He's telling him to picture the purpose, picture the promise. This was Joshua's purpose, to lead God's people to the promised land. But God had promised them they were going to get there. He's telling him to picture the purpose, picture the promise. He's not telling him to look through these eyes. But see, the problem is we can't picture the promise because we're so focused on looking through these eyes. And what happens is we make permanent decisions with the wrong vision. We end up making permanent decisions with the wrong vision. God is telling Joshua to, to, to picture the purpose, picture the promise. I have delivered. See, all Joshua can see with these eyes was the wall. All he could see with these eyes was the men on top of the wall. All he could see was with these eyes, these two right here in our face, all he could see with these two eyes was that the men were on top of the wall. They were still on the opposite side of the wall. All he could see that this was impossible. It was too hard to get through. But God said, I have delivered. Picture the purpose. Picture the promise. I already did it. I know you see this wall, but picture the promise. I know you see the men on top of the wall, but picture the promise. In other words, I see what's going on in my home, but I'm picturing promise. I see what's going on on my job, but I'm picturing promise. My kids going crazy, family's going crazy, money's funny, uh, gas tanks on E, family turn their back on me, but guess what? I'm still picturing promise. Picturing promise. He's not telling Joshua to look with these eyes. He's telling him to look through the eye of faith. See it before you see it. Because what he's telling Joshua is to see, but what Joshua can really see with these eyes isn't what God said. He's not telling him to look with these eyes. He's telling him to look with the eye of faith. See it before you see it. And Joshua understood this. Why else would he follow these crazy instructions? Remember, they were conquerors. They were getting it in, wearing folks out. But now, this is the battle plan to walk. Joshua understood. Look at, look at what it says. Verse 6, verse 2, I'm sorry. 
And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hands. He's telling him to see it before he sees it. I have given Jericho into your hands with this king and mighty men of valor. Now, here's the crazy instructions. You shall march around the city, all the men of war, going around the city once. Thus you shall do seven days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. And on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a loud blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout. Everybody shout God. And the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. This was a crazy battle plan. Why did Joshua listen? And then it hit me. It hit me. Something my grandmother used to, used to say. Something the old church used to say. They said this, when God guides, he will provide. When God guides, he will provide. And here's a side note. I'm going to throw this one in for free. If you're trying to get somewhere, trying to go somewhere, trying to handle something, and it doesn't really feel like God is helping or providing, maybe we should recalibrate. Maybe God isn't trying to lead you in that direction. <laughs> but, but he gives them these crazy instructions. I need you to walk around the city for six days once. And then on the seventh time, I need you to walk around the city seven times. These instructions were crazy. But Joshua understood when God provides, when God guides, he will provide. Everybody say that. Say, when God guides, he will provide. Again, when God guides, he will provide. And God guided him with his word. He guided him with a vision. He guided him with a promise. And when God guides, he will provide. So Joshua, he, he, he takes these crazy instructions to the people. And no matter how crazy they sound, he still gives it to them. Because when you are walking in faith, when, 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 when you're trusting God, when you're being guided by God and you're trusting him to provide some way or another, sometimes it may make you look stupid, it may make you look crazy, but I'm not worried about how it makes me look. I'm not worried about what people think because my central focus is God. I'm centered. So he takes them these crazy instructions. Look at, look at verse 6. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Go forward, march around the city, and let the armed men pass before the Ark of the Lord. And if we keep reading, we'll find out that Joshua never told them how many times they were going to walk around the city. All he said was, When I tell you to shout, you're going to shout. He never told him how many times. He said, grab the ark, grab some trumpets, and let's take a walk. <laughs> he never told them how many times they were going to walk around the city because Joshua understood. He understood. But no matter how many times I read this, it still sounds crazy because they walk around the city the first time. Still sound crazy. They walk around the second time. Still sounds crazy. The third day and the fourth day still sounds crazy. But I bet about now Jericho is like, come here, would you look at this? Look at these fools out here. What are they doing out here just walking 
You know what I heard? That they were wandering in the wilderness, walking in circles then for 40 years. What are they doing out here? Why are they out here? Because worry and, 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 and what ifs and doubt begin to rise up in Jericho. But you better believe doubt begin to rise up in Israel also. Because if you know the story, Joshua was the one that said, don't say a word. God never told them they couldn't talk when they were walking. Joshua was the one that said, don't say a word. He was the one. Can you imagine? Because, because they, they were used to wearing folks out. Battle after battle, fight after fight they won. And now you're telling me we're going to walk and this is going to win the battle? This, this, this. Can you imagine how much what ifs and, and how many doubts that they had? Besides the fact this promise was over 400 years old that God said he was going to deliver. See, way back in the beginning in Genesis, God told Abraham, he said, he said come out of your country. Leave your country and you'll go to a land I'll show you. And then later he tells him, he says, this is the land you will possess, everlasting. Look, look, it's in Genesis, Genesis chapter uh, 17, 17, 8. And I will give to you and to your offspring after the land of your sojourning all the land of Cana for everlasting possession. And I will be there, God. I'll read it again. And I will give to you and to your offsprings. Who are the offsprings? The people of God. After the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Everybody say, I will give. All the land of Canaan. Quick question, where was Jericho? Canaan. And what was the land God promised? Canaan. So this promise was over 400 years old. And they wandered in the wilderness 40 years to get there. Can you imagine the doubt? Imagine the, the what ifs that arose. Well, it took us all this time to get here, and now we're going to walk. So Joshua tells them, don't say a word. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to put some soldiers in front. I want seven priests carrying seven horns, blowing them continuously. Behind that, I want the ark. And behind them, I'm going to set up a rear guard. But don't say a word. I know the doubt may be there, but I don't want any doubt to arise. I don't want any what ifs to arise. Don't say a word. I just want us to focus on God. See, see, if you understand the Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of God. It represents the presence of God with his people. So Joshua was like, don't say a word. I see this wall right here, but I want us to focus on the Ark. I see this, this, this wall right here. I see this problem right here, but I want us to focus on God. I don't want us to focus on the wall. It may be hard to get through. It may be impossible to get through, but with God, all things are possible. So I want us to focus on this ark because the only way we're going to get through it is with God. The only way we're going to get in here is with God. So don't say a word. After he gives God instructions, the instructions God gave him, then he says, don't say a word. I don't want any what ifs to arise. See, what was standing between them and the promise was the wall. What was standing between them and the promise was Jericho. And I wonder what's standing between you and the promise God gave you. I wonder what problems, what situations, what issues are standing between you and the promise that God gave you. Because Joshua and the people of God, they show us what it looks like to be centered. They show us what it looks like to be centered. Remember, what centered means is a person or thing that is the chief object of one's attention to give central focus, to
to be placed or situated in the center. So the people, they circled and they, they circled and they circled. And the problem was still there. They, they circled and they, they circled and they circled. And the issue was still there. They circled and they, they circled and they circled. And, and the situations were still there. But you want to know what else was still there? The promise was still there. God was still there. See, see, even though the wall was still there, Joshua, he pictured the promise. Because this is what God had promised them. This is the land God said they would possess. So as they circled the city, what was situated at the center was this wall. As they circled this city, what was situated at the center was problem. As they circled the city, what was situated at the center was issues. As they circled the city, what was situated at the center was situations, was, was things that may happen in your life. But, but what was also situated at the center was promise. Because remember, they were given a promise from God. So what was also situated at the center, this was the promised land. What was also situated at the center was the promise. What was also situated at the center is God. See, see, it may look like they were circling a problem, but they were circling promise. It may look like they were circling the issue, but they were circling God. And I wonder what would happen if you would put God at the center of your life. I wonder what would happen if you would put God at the center of your home, God at the center of your job, God at the center of your merge. How many problems may not be a problem? How many issues may not be an issue? How many churches set ablaze? How many houses set on fire? How many children following Christ? If you would just put God first, if you would just place him at the center, put him at the center. See, it doesn't matter what the calling is, what the purpose is, what the problem is, what the promise is. There will always be something or someone. But the question is, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to focus on the problem or are you going to focus on the promise? What are you looking at? Are you making permanent decisions with the wrong vision? See, even though it's the beginning of the year, some of us feel like last year I didn't do Everything I was supposed to do. Understand, this promise was over 400 years old. And they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Don't give up on the promise because of what you see. God told him to see. But what he can see wasn't what his circumstances were. God said, see, I have delivered. But what he can see wasn't what his current circumstance was. I wonder what's going on in your life. I wonder how many circles you're walking. How you putting God at the center of the problem? Have you put God at the center of the issue? Have you put God at the center of the situation? Because when you put God at the center, if it's in his will, that's the disclaimer. If it's in his will, the walls will come down. If it's in his will, you will reach it. If it's in his will. But understand, if it is a promise... If it's a promise God has given you, God will deliver. If it's a promise, he will deliver. We go all the way back to the beginning. God promised Abraham this. I can tell you right now, I'm standing here. A prayer answered. A promise. My grandmother used to say, you're going to teach the word of God one day. 
but I'm still coming home with F's on my report card. <laughs> Thinking you're going to teach the word of God. I'm a promise. And I can tell you right now, if God is giving you a promise, he will deliver. It's not my job to try to figure out how he's going to do it. It's my job to just trust that he will provide a way to do it. See, Joshua understood that when God provides a, a, a vision, he also gives provision. He understood when he gives a vision, he also gives provision. And pro provision means providing or, or giving something of use. Providing or giving something of use. And Joshua's walking around this wall saying somehow or another, God will provide a way for this wall to come down. Somehow or another, we're going to take the city. Somehow or another, we're going to take the promised land. We're going to reach the promise. Because when God gives vision, he gives provision. But when you break these two up, what you get is pro and vision. And pro is somebody that, that's good at what they do. In fact, they're the best at what they do. Pro football players go to the Pro Bowl because they were the best at what they did. And over here, vision means seeing something or picturing something in a dream or a trance. And when you put the two together, what you get is providing or giving something of use. <laughs> Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Pro means somebody is good at what they do. They're the best at what they do. And vision over here, it means seeing something or picturing something. And when you slap the two together, what you get is providing, giving something of use. And Joshua understood that God is a pro at providing what he needed for the vision he gave him. He understood that God is the best at providing for the promise he gave him. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how hard it is. God is a pro at providing for the vision he gave you. When he gives vision, he also gives provision. It's not my job to try to figure out what it is or how he's going to do it. It's my job to decide, to make the decision, to just trust, to believe he's going to do it, to follow these crazy instructions, knowing there's no way that I could bring this wall down by just walking. There's really no way that I could bring this wall down by just shouting. So God has to provide a way for us to take the city. And my question to you is, what are you focused on? What are you focused on? What are you locked into? Are you focused on the problem or are you focused on God? Because with God, all things, not some, but all things are possible. And if he gave you a promise, he will deliver. He will deliver. Let's pray.